And you're very welcome to the... I'm just joking, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, when Darren gets back from the hospital after a suspected <laughs> cardiac arrest, welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Did you get a fright, yeah? <laughs> I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. And you're very welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. It's episode 102, and I'm Darren, I'm your host this week, and I'm joined by Mr. Dermot O'Donovan. Dermot, how are you getting on, buddy? I'm surprised that you didn't call me your delinquent, as per usual, in previous episodes of the Irish Photography Podcast. True story, though. You, know, you still are a delinquent, like, to be fair. But you kind of calmed down a small bit over the years, I think, have you? <laughs> really? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I didn't, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. That, like, just think of it this way, Darren. What's the point of being ordinary when you can be extraordinary? What movie is that from? I don't know. I, I saw it in some movie, all right, to be fair, but it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is awesome, right, I suppose, yeah. But you know what? Look, I mean, you can look at things in a number of different ways, but will you ever be great at something? Will you ever be the best at something? Will you ever be extraordinary? I already am. <laughs> <laughs> no, on, on, on a serious note, look, you can put a bit of science to it if you want to, this whole 10,000 hours kind of malarkey, jiggy me thing. You know, that's when you become a master or are proficient at what you do or what you study or what you practice. I don't practice to be a goofball all the time. You know, I just, I don't know. I'm not a goofball either. I just enjoy life, you know, and people like me, people like me. If people don't, they don't. Well, you know what you say? That's interesting with the word ordinary and extraordinary. I mean, would that not really say that you're really, really, really ordinary? Ah? You're extraordinary. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm. You're really, I'm, really ordinary. You're extraordinary. No, I'm unique. All right, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Tell me, how you been doing for the week, man? What have you been up to? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, the van is still ongoing. So today we got the speakers fully fitted into the back of the van. So Brilliant. Taylor was in, in the back of the van then hanging out as she normally does after we get something new in the van and she had her tablet hooked up to the Bluetooth on the the head unit and she's having cinema surround sound in the back of the van watching uh, Madagascar. <laughs> so it's pretty it's pretty awesome, you know. Wow, yeah, and I suppose it sounds amazing too because you've done so much panelling inside yeah. with all the carpeting yeah. and stuff like that. It's probably better than your room from a sound deadening point of view. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, I have to say, yeah. Mm, yeah, interesting. I can't wait. No, to, uh, I suppose, see what you do with that and when you can finally get out in the boat because I think it's going to change things, definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, even even from a quality kind of, not lifestyle, but a quality kind of, as you're away from your home, you know, you're, mm. like, normally we'd stay in a tent and kind of makeshift things and, but now, like, we can relax in the van. There's going to be a bed, there's going to be a seat. Like I said, the speakers, like, they're, you're going to have immerse yourself in a, a better experience like there's six speakers inside the van wow at the moment you wow. know so at the moment who knows what will happen maybe a subwoofer maybe I now, don't know. now that I think about it remember when we were in Donegal you showed me that video on your iPad which was the kind of 3D immersive sound 
I wonder what that would sound like in there. Oh, sweet mother of God. That would be bloody epic. Yeah. Mm, that would be interesting. For those of you yeah. who don't know what we're talking about, the, my I, I treated Darren, I got an iPad Pro in the last few months and I treated Darren to this kind of experience that you can get on YouTube and what we'll do is we'll stick the link in on the description of the podcast and you can go click on it and watch it. And what it does is manipulate sound to make you feel like you're in a, a Dolby cage of immersive sound of somewhat. It's just, uh, Darren, like what did you feel when, when, when you experienced it? Well, you know what? It was kind of mind-blowing because you're hearing this coming from a flat surface in front of you and it's a 3D immersive sound gives you full like 360 as if it's around you you hear things moving around you but not just left to right it's mad it's hard to explain so i'd say you know what it'd be cool in the back of that now as well to be obviously with the sound deadening that you got done as well mm. yeah it's going to be interesting anyway mm. without further ado what are we doing for tonight's podcast man well you know what we've got two interesting topics to talk about this evening the first one is okay. about influencers and i want to go into a bit more detail i suppose in that uh, and the second is, you know, something we kind of have touched on before, but we've never actually done a podcast on it. And we've alluded to it a number of times, which is getting out of your comfort zone and what that can do for you from your photography. So they're the two topics we're going to start with this evening. I'm going to start, I suppose, okay. with the, the first one, which is an influencer. So let me ask you a question straight out. Are you an influencer? That's debatable, Darren. What is an influencer? So if you, tell me, if you tell me what an influencer, then I'll tell you if I am one or not. Well, I mean, look, okay, it's like, like the word ordinary and extraordinary, okay, so influencer is somebody who influences others. Okay, so, so... you can either be somebody who influences somebody's decisions, influences somebody's thoughts, influences somebody's clothing from a fashion point of view, influences somebody's preferred brands because of the way that, you know, you influence somebody that may or may not know about something and you change their mind, or you confirm what you're already thinking. Okay. So if someone was a brand ambassador, would they be considered an influencer? No, I wouldn't think so. I would say brand ambassadors had been around a lot longer than influencers. Influencers seem to be a new, I don't want to say new because as people have been influencers over the years, even go back into the 1920s, 30s and 40s. But from a social media point of view right now, and what we consider an online influencer I think it's slightly different than being an ambassador. Okay. So when I consider my influence, me being an influ influencer, excuse my language, I don't think I would be. I wear my heart on the sleeve all the time and I, I, I do like to have equipment from time to time. But do I push products on people? Absolutely not in any way, shape or form. Um, I think it's you have to be very aware of yourself and your own situation to get something if you want. You know, so like every person is different. So I don't know what people's circumstances are and I don't want to pressure someone into getting something if they don't have the means to do that in the first place. So I don't think I'd like to be an influencer. Like I'd, like if Canon came to me tomorrow and said, okay, Dermot, we're going to give you X amount of money and we're going to give you a 1DX Mark 45 <laughs> or, or uh, a Canon ESR 5672, right? And you need to sell us five of these cameras for throughout the year 2025, right? That's your target. You need to sell five of these cameras. Like, I don't think I'd feel comfortable going around the place saying, 
here, Johnny, you need this camera. This is going to make you so much better. Without, and then what if that dude really, really wants this product, right? And then he struggles financially, but doesn't want anyone to know kind of thing like, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he, he he's digging deep because he wants this camera so bad. You know, you, I don't think you should be doing that to a certain degree. But then, you know, these are companies that are trying to make money then as well. You've got to see the shoe on the other foot also. Like, these companies have to sell. They have to make money. And influencers in this century, more or less, have revolutionized the game, really. Like, you know, companies are taking new kind of steps to do this. So, like, Instagram is a big thing. I mean... Instagram is where it's at now. That's where all the young kids are. This is where all the fun is have. Mm-hmm. But, and it's funny we talk about Instagram now because a lot of people are getting sick of Instagram. Whereas you go back 12 months ago, people mm-hmm. were loving Instagram. They think, oh, this place is good. It's only positive things, good vibes on Instagram. Uh, but I think in the last 12 months, Instagram has taken a nosedive. I think it's just full of ads, advertisements, product placement absolutely everywhere like you look at sean reardon's latest few pictures with his what do you call that camera hawaii p40 hawaii. but then he's got paid promotion from vamp something underneath it mm-hmm. and then i went into vamp and then vamp is some i don't know what it is it's got nothing to do with Huawei. You know, it was yeah, it was probably an agency, I suppose. An agency would look after the PR, and they'd find influencers to be able to send the product to to say, okay, you know, well, you got a product now, go talk about it, and people see people using it. But you know, go back a step, right? So you said there in in the beginning that you don't think you're an influencer and you wouldn't like to be an influencer. Well, you could be an influencer without you knowing it indirectly. Okay, without actually doing it intentionally. So for example, as you say, you know, you talk about Canon products all the time. Canon don't pay you to do that. You do it off your own back. If you think in regards to what brands want to do to get their names out there, they'll use anything they can to get the name seen as much as often. So, you know, I go use my video and and, use my camera when I'm doing a video. There's video of me using a Canon. I'm advertising Canon, aren't I? They're not paying Mm. me for it. So you got brand placement everywhere you go, and they'll always try and find a way to make sure that the most exposure comes from a brand. So when you're talking about Canon, somebody could have been on the fence. I don't know if I'm going to go Nikon or I'm going to go Canon. Jeez, your man there is after raring about his EOSR. So good he has two of them. I'm going to get one of them. But you're an influencer now, by default, without actually becoming, inverted commas, an influencer, yeah? So in that mind frame, are we all influencers in our own little way? We are, and I think that's where the difference then comes in because you mentioned a couple of things in what you were talking about Instagram there, which kind of you know, pricked up my ears, is you say Instagram was always a fun, happy place to be. Yeah, okay, it still is. If you don't look at the advertising that you see, which is constantly filling Instagram feed every single day. But the reason for that, it's one of the biggest and most used quick hits for people. So they'll scroll past stuff and they'll just see an image and bang. And the more you see it, the more it becomes what you, know, you think about. You know, So example, like you, you, and particularly now when you look at the way technology is listening into everything that we're doing, you could talk about something and all of a sudden you'll see an advert appear for it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Even Amazon, I'm seeing stuff appear for it that I've never even searched for. I've just thought about it and bang, there's an advert for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so 
I mean, you know, obviously I said it out loud, like, but even that, that regardless, yeah. the, the, the brand basically is, you know, filling up the Instagram areas right now. But think about the value that's there from a company's point of view to get to a very, very big audience. And to give you the example of the, the queen of the influencers is the Kardashian sisters. I can't what do they do? I can't either. What do they do? They do nothing. What value do they add? They do add no value. But guess what? They can command $1.5 million to hold a product up on their Instagram feed and send it out there till people will see them holding that brand. But what it's do insane. they do? But you see, this is the point, is that, you know, they're in the public eye. They're, they're, they're to be perceived as this life that everybody wants to have, let's just say. And they're endorsing this product, so it must be good. Now, if it's genuinely good, they should endorse it without 1.5 million, wouldn't you think? Well, they should, but they won't. And would exactly? And would they do it if there wasn't 1.5 million? Absolutely not. But they'd only they would only not do that because Instagram has become what it has become, which is a way for people to be able to get a message out there in a quick hit. Do you get me? Yeah, yeah. It's um. It's insane. It's a crazy world we live in, man. I re re it really is like so. In my head, yeah, maybe I am an influencer and I don't really realize it, but I'm not forcing it down your throat. You know, I can. I, I don't know. Well, let, let me get. Does that okay, make let, sense? Let, it does. I mean, look, you're you're doing it subliminally, and you're doing it because you already used the product. You paid your own money for it, so. You're not an influencer in inverted commas because nobody's paying you to talk about the product. And I'll talk about my thoughts on that in a couple of steps as well, I think, from here. Because, you know, let's start in the beginning. How do you become an influencer? Like, is a brand going to reach out to you if you've got 100 followers? Is a brand going to reach out to you if you've got 1,000 followers? Is a brand going to reach out to you if you have 5,000 or is it 10,000? Like, they want to find somebody that they can get as much a spread of that message in one shot, in one hit, Yeah, yeah. Well, you're hardly going to get uh, to become an influencer after a couple of hundred subscribers. I've never been asked to be an influencer. Uh, now, I have been asked to be a Lytra uh, lighting company, you know, the, the Lytra brand. Yeah. So I'd be a brand ambassador for them. But they don't force me to sell products. Now, they give me a, a product code, but I can't share that because it's in direct competition with our sponsors of the podcast. Yes. So I've sacrifice that side of things so I, I I've put that in the sideline just to keep our sponsors happy you know obviously yes. you know so everyone needs to get on <laughs> in my head anyway so I like I said I've sacrificed that side of things but I don't force people to buy the lighter lights I haven't even made a video about the lights yet I just use the products and I take photographs of the products and I give them to Lytra that's the yes. kind of agreement that we kind of have now I am going to make a video about the lighter lights because yeah, I know I'm brand ambassador, but they're goddamn really good now in fairness and what they have. Like, you have one yourself. Yeah, they're very good. Like, they are brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, I will make a video, but, yeah. Well, okay, let me let me throw you something out there, okay, in, in, in the general terms, right? You don't necessarily need to have an Instagram or a Facebook or a YouTube following to be an influencer. If you go back to public figures... You know, they're in the public domain. So it's not necessarily down to social media. So you look at, for example, when you get the Academy Awards and you get all the Hollywood A-listers, 
you've got designers queuing up because they want them to wear their dress or wear their suit or whatever it may have been. And when they come up to the people who are talking, okay, hi, uh, whoever, Jennifer Anderson, and what are you wearing tonight? Oh, I'm wearing this by Louis Vuitton or whatever it may have been. It's branding. It's getting the name out there. So it's not just directly in regards to from a social media point of view, but you have to have a voice that more people are going to hear. So the more people that can hear your voice, no matter what it may be, the better it can be, I suppose, for the brand to be able to talk about it, that, right? But yeah, you're, you're a photographer right now. Now, who knows? Five years down the line, you might become a beautician. Who knows, right? <laughs> Would you start talking about... I am beautiful, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, you are, you know, you do diversify. But like, if whatever who are they called, uh, L'Oreal or whomever they're called, would reach out to you and say, Dermot, you know, we saw you on YouTube there, you know, we <laughs> really love what products. you're doing. <laughs> no, they do, they do skin product, right? So they All said, right, okay. we, we want to give you this product here, you know, it's a, it's a lovely moisturiser, look great when you're on the camera. All you got to do is basically say, and I'm just wearing L'Oreal number, whatever, man number 24 or something like that okay. today. Would you do it? I tell you this much, if you gave me 1.5 million, I'd take off my clothes and do it. <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? Because, like, they're not going to give you 1.5 million. They're going to say, I oh, will send you out some product there. Sure, we'll give you the product for free. And if you don't, if no. you want to try it out, it's up to you. You just do whatever you want to do with it. You don't even have to do a review. But just yeah. say that you're, uh, that you're using the product. You're going to say no. Why? Because it's not matching up in regards to what you're doing right now. But if you are, uh, inverted commas, an influencer who has whatever, 10,000 followers and you're into fashion and you talk about fashion all the time and then L'Oreal reach out to you and say, oh, I see you in your Instagram stories. I'd like to be able to say you're wearing L'Oreal number whatever and I'll send you out six months free of it. You're going to go, Jesus, yeah. Why? Because you'd be probably using it already per se. Yeah, okay. So it's within, it's within the, 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 I suppose, the niche of what you're already doing, yeah? Yeah, I suppose. There's a girl that I know, Chloe Walsh. I, I sent a... a uh, a link to her profile to you before we started. Yeah. Lovely girl here in Limerick. She'd be kind of, like you said, a queen uh, in the local area of Limerick in fashion and all that side of things. So she's a brand ambassador for all these kind of products like uh, Dripping Tan Gold and all this malarkey stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, man, I swear to God, that girl works hard, mm -hmm. hard on social media. Like if you go into her Insta stories, she must have about at least between 15 to 30 stories every day about fashion, her tanning, her makeup, her clothes, everything. So that's a, it's a hard lifestyle to keep up. Like, and is she getting paid big bucks from it? Probably not. And that's Because in the, the grand scheme of things, she's, she's good at what she does for her local area and her surroundings. Like she's 8,000 followers on Instagram. But in a broad spectrum of things, she's only a tiny little mouse in the game. Absolutely. Tiny. And, you know, when you think of it in regards to she's doing that every single day, she's living and breathing that. But how much time is going into that? And you say how much is being paid. Oh. And when you start to reverse it, I think it could make a, a lot of not, not sense, I suppose, to people. Because if you're spending all your time and you're getting free products, you're making no money. If you're spending all your time talking about how great these products are and the chance that you might get something down the line, you're making no money. And at the end of the day, you've got to turn around to yourself and say, where's my money going to come from? And that's when I think I've seen it over the years, and you've probably seen it as well, where you get people that they would have started off fine. They might have a channel or a page or whatever they were creating, but all of a sudden they kind of got a small bit sidetracked because 
this more and more companies start to test them to do this, do that, do this, do that. I mean, it's it's a scattergun approach. They're just looking and saying, show me everybody that's doing this that has over X amount, okay? And then your agency, as you mentioned a second ago, Vamp, whatever it was called, would look after multiple brands and then they'd have a list of, un- inverted commas, influencers. And if somebody's saying, I need somebody in whatever, Timbuktu, that talks a lot about flip-flops, Okay, well, I know the Gavin person. Gavin Hardcastle's the man for that job. He is. He's not in Timbuktu, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, c- could you make a living from being an influencer? I'm sure you can. So, let me ask you a question. If it's the only way that you're going to make money, and let's say it's in photography now, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? You're going to take anything that you can take, and you're going to talk about it and make a video about it, and you're going to throw content out there, to get paid for every single content yeah. that you do. Yeah. So should you do that then in your regards to your own brand? And I think that's a big part that people potentially forget about. So Dermot O'Donovan is a brand. Yeah, I can. I do. I do consider I have my own personal brand. Yes. Uh, as a business aspect and as, as who I am as a human being. My YouTube channel is a personal brand. That's who I am. Yeah. So you have to be respectful for your own brand and you have to be respectful in regards to what you do. But hang on a second, I need money here. So now so, what are you going to do? So are you asking me, will I sell my soul to the devil? Well, effectively, yeah. Because if you're an influencer and you rely on it for getting money, then you have to make sure you get as many revenue streams as possible that are going to come through that are going to help you to be able to survive, no? Now, some people might say I'm a freaking liar, but I have... A moral compass, <laughs> and okay. I have standards. I really do. If like if someone asks me to promote a product that I do not believe in, I I I, I couldn't. I really can't. I like if K, let's call it space bait. If K and F concepts came up to me tomorrow, any photographer who knows they are, come on, let's call it space bait. They're shite. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely shite. They're dog mm-hmm. shite. Mm-hmm. Terrible product, cheap product, and that's fine. That's their market. That's their niche. It's to sell affordable photography products to people. No goddamn hell in a way am I going to use them or promote them saying that they're the best things since spray spread. Come off the stage, genuinely. Exactly, and that's my point, because then you're damaging your brand. Yeah. And so, no. you remember when we were at the photography show, we went up to that stand, and that guy didn't have a clue. He more or less kind of... Oh, no, that's gone. Oh, I don't have this. I can't talk to you about that. And I picked up one of the leaflets that were on it, and it said, want free products? Want to become an influencer? Just email this email address. It so, is. you know, it did, yeah. So, you know, look, in, in reality, and it's interesting you say that that brand, but not necessarily that brand. It could be any brand. So I think there's an ethical way of doing it, though, and it's an ethical way, which is if you are already using the product and you like that product that you've parted with your own money, to have that product okay and then that company reaches out and says we love what you're doing use more of our product then i think it's a match made in heaven because you're not changing your original ethos you're not changing your thought process and moreover you're not influenced by either the faith that the brand had in you by paying you money or the faith the brand had in you for being you KNF concept are never coming knocking at my door. That's for sure. <laughs> They're probably not, you know. But look, you know, something something got me thinking about the topic. Actually, is uh, you know our, our good friend Nick Page. He was talking with Gary Goff the other evening on their um, their live it's great uh, chat. 
Yeah, it was. Excellent episode. Um, and, you know, Nick said something, he goes, like, he has everything that he needs. He's getting inundated with people that are sending him mails. And, you know, Gary even mentioned he's getting mails from, again, banks saying, would you, you know, talk about it? And this is two people that are talking about something. How many other things are going on there? So, you know, how do you know what's real and what's not real? And what I liked about what Nick was saying is that he has everything he needs already. If he wants something, he'll go buy it. If somebody sends him something, he'll more often than not say no. But if it's something that he liked, he'll say he liked it. If it's something he didn't like, he'll say he didn't like it. And he'll always give it away. And he won't hold on to it. And I think that's a very honest way, I think, that you know what he's saying then is at least real. It's not being influenced. And you don't have to have, you know, paid partnership with XYZ tripods. And I'm talking about the five best tripods in the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get you. <coughs> you know? And that dude's got a... And I, you say, I have an affliction. Jesus, <laughs> that dude's got an affliction for tripods. See the amount of tripods he has? Yes, he has every uh, tripod going. You know? <laughs> he he does. does. He does. So let me let me say something to you, right? Um, yeah. You've heard the phrase before, the bandwagon. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, a number of people jump onto the bandwagon. If you had an opportunity to jump onto a bandwagon, got to do with photography, you stand it to gain some money. Mm-hmm. You stand it to increase your notoriety because you'd be included in a group of others. Sounds good. Okay. But it's for an absolutely diabolical product. Absolutely not. I can't. I, I genuinely, I can't do it. But I it's going do it. to, okay, but it, it's going to put you on a platform and it does the rest of the influencers so that another bigger brand may potentially see you and go, okay, I see he's using my product and now you get that leapfrog to the to the company talking to you about this. Would you use it as a leapfrog? No, I couldn't. I, I genuinely, I, I couldn't. Like, like if something's dog shite, I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to tell someone that it's brilliant because cost space, it's dog shite. Yeah. You know, Agreed. I have a moral compass at the end of the day. Like, I like, I have my personal brand. Like, just to say if I did take that mm-hmm. and took, it's, it's more or less a bribe, Darren. That's it what it is. And it's, it's a, a cheap, it's a cheap bribe as well for the company. Don't forget that. Yeah. So like, I go off and I do this, and then I get up into the stage and dot is this and that, and then all of a sudden, then I get kind of out ousted. Like you know, oh look at this guy, he whatever, blah blah blah. I mm-hmm. get caught out, and then mm-hmm. there's my personal brand, my integrity, mm-hmm. my morale, sw- down the swanny. So no, I, I I couldn't. I genuinely couldn't. Like you can ask me that question again in a year's time and I'll, I'll still be the same answer. Well, that's good because it brings me on to my second to last question on the topic, which is that being an influencer, can it change a person? I would I would definitely say so. Absolutely. Mm. Tony Finnegan posted on Instagram the other day about all these people with their Huawei phones yeah. and used to all use iPhones and Samsungs and then they all get Huawei phones for free. Mm-hmm. And all their iPhones are shite now, mm-hmm. but this Huawei is unbelievable. So, and I, I sent a laughing face back to him. He's like, going, total shite bags." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should actually say that in case he's trying to keep it private. But ah, Tony wears his heart in the sleeve as well, so I'm sure he doesn't mind me saying it. I'm sure. But he he's right. He's absolutely yeah. right. You know, it's just it, yeah, it I, can change a person. It changed those people. Yes, and you know what? And I think. My natural thought process on this is that it wouldn't change you for the better. It would change you for the worse. Because you're now being influenced as opposed to being an influencer. 
and you're being influenced by the brand and you're being influenced by money and you're also being potentially influenced by the draw of being an influencer, if that makes sense. So it's like this weird circle now that has turned itself around and then all of a sudden you get trapped up in this. And, you know, how can somebody take you seriously that if you're one minute going, Canada the greatest thing in the world ever, don't ever even look at anything else. Meanwhile, three months later, by Fuji. Fuji are the best ever. Canon? No, oh, they're useless. Forget about them. <laughs> yeah. You're 100% right. And like, then all of a sudden, if you have a conscience, it starts to catch up with you and you can't looking back and going, Jesus, my God. You know, if you look back five years from now, let's just say that if you started an influencer plan today, for argument's sake, somebody contacted you and said, hi, we represent X, Y, and Z influencers around the world. We'd nominate you or recognize you as somebody in the Irish market that we'd love to be able to talk about photography products. Not involved. All we'll do is we'll send you out some products here. You just got to, you know, use them, like them, and uh, yeah, sure, you can do whatever you want after them. Hold on to their product. Up to you, right? And you're going, jeez, this could be great. Five years down the line, I guarantee if I ask you the same question, I go, how'd you get in the last five years? Oh my God, man. I did some stupid things there over those last five years. Some of those products (laughs) that I spoke about were absolutely diabolical, but guess what? I said they were great. Yeah. Chances of happening are extremely high, so I think it ends up potentially damaging the integrity of the person um, unless it's really, really genuine. And like I said, that if you already are using that product, then okay, you'd use it anyway. So, you know, would you be an ambassador for a brand? And this is the important question. Would you be an ambassador for a brand if they weren't paying you? I I would like because there's going to be if the product is good, then yeah, I'd be an ambassador for any company that is good and that they're ha- willing to have to willing to build a good working relationship down the line. There has to be a roadmap down. There has to be incentive for both sides. There is yes. a finish line there, and the two of you have to get to that and. If, if there isn't, then what's the point of an ambassador? But just to go back, just before we go in break now, to go back to the, say, the five-year thing, oh, I said there's so much shy products or whatever, I will give someone the benefit of the doubt that at the time, let's just say me rewind back to four years ago and I talked uh, about the big stopper being the best filter that I'd ever used in my life. <laughs> to me at the time it probably was and I didn't know any better that the blue colour cast wasn't a big thing to me. Yes. You know, but now if I look, if I did a review of the, the, the Big Stopper, I'd rip it to pieces. But I didn't know at the time back then so I would give someone some bit of the benefit of the doubt about their knowledge in photography. I have grown as a photographer in leaps and bounds in the last four years so I'd give myself a pass to a certain degree. I would agree with you on that wholeheartedly. Look, look, if you look at how your photography evolves, you look at how your filmmaking evolves, exactly the same thing. I thought this photo was the best thing I ever did. And now you look back in it four or five, yeah, two years, yeah. three years, whatever, and you go, oh my God, what was I thinking? I mean, absolutely, <laughs> that's your own evolution. But I think where the challenge comes into it is, like I say, one, fair enough. You go, all right, fair enough. Yeah, they might like that. But if you start seeing another product coming and another product coming and another product coming, it no longer is you creating it. It's the brand telling you what they want to talk about. You're right. You're right, mm. buddy. Nailed mm. okay. the head, bye. All right, look, I hope you enjoyed the um, the, the first segment of the, the show this evening. Join over onto the Facebook group. If you're not a member already, pop on over. You'll be asked one simple question, uh, name a host of the show, and we'd love to have you on board to continue the conversation. So we'll be right back after this break. 
Are you sick of AA batteries? An ongoing cost? Constantly having to change them? Well, the Modus 360RT and 600RT speedlights are the ones for you. Available for Canon, Nikon, Sony and Fujifilm. It's got an extreme lithium-ion battery with a 1.5 second recycle time. That's four times faster than AA batteries. 600 shots at full power, 1,000 at a half. Available now at Hanel.ie. Welcome back to part two of the Irish Photography Podcast. And our next topic we're going to discuss this evening is something actually that, like I said in the outset, you know, we have touched it a number of times over the last 100 episodes, but never done an episode specifically on it. And it's something I think that we really did, or it does deserve to be a topic on its own, Dermot, because it's so beneficial to us to do it. And it's something that most of us don't do, which is step out of our comfort zone. So from a photography point of view, it's something I've been forced to do and we've touched on it in the podcast here, you know, what we've had to do. But I'd like to ask you a question, I suppose. In photography, you're quite all round skilled, let's just say, in taking photos and in many, many different scenarios. But is there a type of photography that does put you outside your comfort zone that you would stay away from it and you go, I don't enjoy that, I don't want to do that? Um... Like, I don't like babies. Okay. <laughs> I know that it's a horrible thing to say, but I do like babies, but I don't like photographing them. I would have I've tried it, absolutely hated it. Boudoir photography, tried it, absolutely hated it. But there are things that I know I don't like. Okay. That I've tried. I've tried them. I give them a, go, I, I give them a fair go. But there's one style of photography that I have not tried. That would be outside of my comfort zone. But some say it'd be in my comfort zone, but I've never done it before, so I reckon it's outside my comfort zone. It's in the water. Okay. It's in the sea, and it's all down to surf, surfing photography. Okay. I, there's something magical about surfing. I just think it's, it's, it's such a raw talent. It's amazing to see someone use their, their tenacity, their, their balance, their power, their, their majestic skills just to stay on a surfboard and do these radical moves dude you know it's just it's, after it's 14 cool. pints of stout <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's and then it's the lifestyle about it I, I love the whole idea of being long haired surfer radical dude well I'm never getting along <laughs> <laughs> get a wig but it's going to come off in the water yeah <laughs> <laughs> But it's just something about it that I'd love to do, man. Like I've been, I talked to Ollie O'Flaherty months back about getting into it, and that kind of never progressed because simply because of work, being busy, and then the coronavirus didn't <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. But I, and it's funny you brought up this topic because I, I asked to join a certain Facebook group yesterday called, uh, bear with me, what was it called? Oh, I'm after drawing in my notes here. Uh, uh, surf photography community on Facebook. So it's a it's a surfing photography community, basically. Yes, that's exactly nutshell. what it says. But in it's the all around the world. <laughs> yeah, yes, but it's all around the world. So it's not just Ireland, England, or Hawaii or whatever. It's just everyone. So I said, John, feck it. I I I want to join this and see if I can get some wheels in this and get this motion rolling. And yeah, so I went I went in and I asked like is there any Irish surfing photographers here? And no one has came up and said me or here or whatever. So I'm slightly worried because I need someone to kind of grab onto and levitate to 
and kind of get in the water and get a tips and tricks and what to do and what to watch out for. There, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things involved. Like so, like you, the skills that you need to get into the water. So, uh, do you need to hold your breath for a certain amount of time? What to expect when a rip curl comes and eats you up? Like, uh, do you need straps to hold onto your camera onto your body in case you get battered by a wave? I have no idea about any of this. Mm-hmm. So I need their advice. I need a teacher. I need a tutor. Do you know what I mean? So you know what you could do, actually? There's a guy called John Beasley. He's from uh, West Cork, and he is a surf okay. photographer. He's a very nice guy, actually. He's a very good photographer, too. He's got some phenomenal photographs of in the water, uh, at the water level, with some rip curls as well coming around and some down-the-tube shots and stuff like that. Um, awesome. So you should, uh, yeah, reach out to him. But, you know, it's interesting. You say it there. There's a couple of things that I to go back over. So you don't know the settings. So yeah, that's yeah. what most people would panic with, per se, if they're trying to do something outside their comfort zone. They don't know how to do the settings. So, you know, we said at the start of this lockdown, do a different thing. Try do macro, you know, do different types of photography. You went off and you tried to do water droplet photography. Okay, the hardest <laughs> one that you could possibly do. But, you know, like you didn't know the settings, but you had to learn the settings. And at the very beginning of it, you were out of your comfort zone because you didn't know how to do it. And by the end of it, you were still out of your comfort zone because you couldn't really do it the way you wanted to do it, right? So, but it still made you think differently and it still made you adjust your standard settings. And something that I learned during all this is that, you know, I've tried to do many different things with the camera to try and keep myself sane um, and also to keep up muscle memory in my hand because, you know, it's, it's March since I last was out with you and I don't, you know, go out unless I'm in the landscape taking photographs. So I had to constantly say, okay, I'm going to keep using the camera, keep using the camera. But then I started to go into different scenarios and think about how do I actually take this photo? So one for me, as I said before, you know, um, people, I don't take photographs of people and I most certainly don't take photographs of the kids because I always found it too hard to get them to stay still. So I said, okay, I'm going to learn this. So <laughs> I learned it and I used the flash and I got some very, very nice shots and I was like, okay, it's not as hard as I thought. And I, I remember something that you were telling me a long, long while back when you were in um, a church and you're saying, okay, you know what, you're dealing with such harsh light there. I said, what do you do with your ISO? You know what, I'll bang it onto auto, but I'll set the limits that I can do. So then I know it's going to take the photograph and it's not going to be too much ISO that it's going to ruin the image. I went, okay, I'll try that. Bang, did it. So yeah. you had already taught me the settings. I knew what I needed to do, but I hadn't done it in that way. And there was other things that I've taken photographs again of during this whole period of time that I normally wouldn't take photographs of. And one was the video that um, uh, with the bee, which wasn't the bee, it was actually a hover flight. Stir crazy! Yeah, stir crazy. And I was going stir crazy. But, you know, I wanted to see, could I take a photograph of one of those in flight? They were just hovering around there. I went, okay, I don't know if I could do that or not. And then all of a sudden I looked through the viewfinder and I go, hang on, I can focus on him. My God, okay. No, stay still, stay still. And, you know, tried to get it right and you eventually mess around. But I didn't, there was no manual I could go to and say, what's the best shutter speed to be able to use to take a photograph of a flying bee off, you know, against whatever background. But I figured it out and I learned something. And now I learned more because of it. And I actually learned more about my camera now. I came out of ISO 100. Fair and, and like that's the thing like from a landscape point of view you rarely come out of ISO 100 rarely unless you do unless you do an astro I, I I actually come out of ISO 100 often enough you just don't realise it like especially when I'm using filters 
to benefit me so I'm not fucking hanging around longer than I need to. Ah, so okay. like if I want yeah, a yeah. shutter speed of, let's say if I'm using ISO 50 or 100 and the exposure time is going to be uh, eight minutes. I'm like, feck that. I don't want to be hanging around for eight months. If I just bump up my ISO to 200, that cuts it in half. Yes. Yes. Four minutes. I'm okay at four minutes. Eight yeah. minutes, a bit long. Mm-hmm. You know, raise up to 400. That's two minutes, man. Oh, we're getting places now. We're sucking diesel. So actually, so, that, and that's an interesting one, right? So you you can learn now that, okay, I can actually take these settings that I was afraid about and I can apply them in other scenarios. I can apply them onto different subjects and I can learn different things and be quicker from what I've learned offline, if you want to call it that, to when I go back into what I normally take photographs of. So, you know, people that do wedding photography, like you, you go to the landscape as your busman's holiday, let's just say. You're using completely yeah. different settings. You're using completely different lenses, per se. You don't bring your broker monster out, which you'd love to, but you don't bring it out with no. you, right? But it's your go-to no. when you're at a wedding. So, you know, you could photograph many different subjects and could you actually learn a lot? Absolutely. But let me ask you a question. Could you get worse? No. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can because everything to do with photography, you can utilize it in a different aspect mm-hmm. and i don't understand how someone could get worse it could cause you to make a mistake in another scenario that's fine but you learn from that mistake and mistakes are the best thing in the world you know because absolutely like said, sure we had, we had we yeah. yeah yeah i mean look we had an entire podcast on it you know so like it's actually <laughs> yeah it's really really important to make mistakes because you will learn and that's i think when you get outside your comfort zone it's like everything. I mean, walking was outside our comfort zone when we were one years of age. For but me, we, no. I was just born awesome. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was well, like, was born it, extraordinary. Ex- yeah, ex- extraordinary. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> but let me ask you a question, right? Getting outside your comfort zone. Great. You yeah. can learn more. You get to use your camera. You might get to use some equipment that you wouldn't use that often. But can it cost you money? Oh, yeah, we can. Okay, so let's think of it this way, right? I'm, am I lucky or am I not lucky? Okay, my affliction, I've lots of shit, right? Lots of stuff. So I want to do True surfing story. photography. I'm hell-bent on doing it. That's fine. So what do I need? I need a wetsuit. <laughs> I got one. I've got two of them. Shit, I've got two dry suits too as well. So that's four suits that I have. I'm, I'm sorted for that side of things. Need good boots, warm boots that are going to keep your feet warm in the water. <laughs> I have them too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to utilize myself and have fins so I can move in the water fast. I've got two pairs of the best fins in the market. Sorted for that. Camera housing. Fins, hang on that's a second. Sit- hang on. Fins may not be a good idea in the waves because that's more oh, surface for, me, for the wave to catch you because it's going to drag you in further. So if a wave comes in and you avoid it with the camera, it could catch your feet and drag you back. I'm okay. I'm 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 proficient at my fins. Okay. What you didn't call them flippers again. Remember that one? <laughs> oh, feck off. Feck off. So anyway, yeah, I'm going to be using fins. I need to be able to move in the water fast and get out of a situation if I need to. If I don't have fins, I'm not going to be able to move fast in the water. I don't want to get crippled by a certain wave, right? This is all in my head. I could be totally wrong, Darren. I need advice. So John Beasley, help me out, buddy. Okay. Camera housing. That's going to set you back another few, Bob. <laughs> what is it? I've got one right there. Look at mm-hmm. that. Yes. Amazing. 
Okay, do I need a wide angle port or a macro port? <laughs> Darren, I've got two. I got one oh, yeah. already. Yeah. yeah, I've started. Okay, so let's. I mean, okay, I need a camera. Obviously, we all have cameras, but I need a camera to fit the housing. Camera, Canon ESR. Macro lens over there. Wide angle lens over there. What else do I need? Uh, do I need a snorkel? Do I need a mask? Have all these things. You know, so I can literally just throw me into the water what I have, and I'm good to go. I'm lucky in that way. But if the shoe is not her foot, if I didn't have those things, that puts you in a bit of a predicament. That's when you got to utilize what you have at home. So whether it being uh, a small little wetsuit or get a lend, borrow kit, borrow gear from your friends and family or whoever that you can get them off. So if I can get a set of fins off my father for, uh, for a couple of days so I can afford to get my own, um, can I get a cheap housing on eBay secondhand somewhere here, there, everywhere? You know, get those things. Don't put yourself in a pickle and try to get all the best stuff that you can get. Just relax. Take it all in, you know. See what you need to do and go for the best option that you can afford. Hang on a second. There's a number of things you said there which aren't really kind of typical Dermot O'Donovan, you know, like... Don't mean? get all the gear. You don't need all yeah. the gear. Is that what you said? Second time. You don't need all the gear. Yeah. Well, hang on a second. Do you want you, me to you, elaborate on that? No, you don't need to. I mean, for, for your example that you want to do. Like, okay, you need a lot of gear. Okay, you have a lot of it already, but I don't particularly think you'd want to go into the water without a wetsuit, without fins or, or shoes, I know, yeah. without gloves, without a hood, without a, a, a waterproof housing. I mean, like, there's a number of things that you have to have in the first place, like, but you know, so you kind of have to have all of them for that, really, don't you? There's nothing optional you, in that list that you mentioned, is there? But you can borrow kit and gear. That's yes. what I'm getting at. Ah, okay. But you can get these things off people until you can afford to get them. And Darren, I didn't get all this stuff overnight. I've built all this stuff over the few years, so I couldn't, I didn't have the best wetsuit at yes. the start. I didn't have the best dry suit. Now I do. Because I saved up from, I worked hard, my own money. I paid for these things. Yes. That housing, I had a cheaper housing before that. Awesome house housing, you know, which I bought secondhand on the Facebook marketplace off a dude in fucking, oh, uh, Tarman Bulgaria, or, uh, <laughs> Bulgaria or somewhere like that. Now, the dude is a very good, accomplished underwater photographer, Julian Nedved, but still, I had to skimp. Not skimp, but work hard and kind of get something that was affordable for me until I can afford the one that I truly wanted. You know? Okay. So, yeah. Look. All right. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Okay. You have a point, right? But I suppose go back to, to my point, I suppose, from going outside your comfort zone. Okay. And how yeah. it's going to improve your photography and how it's going to cost you money. It is potentially going to cost you money if you, it has cost me money. So during this whole thing where I swore that I wouldn't spend any money in regards to stuff, I was out the back <laughs> garden and I was you know, looking around, what could I photograph? And all of a sudden I'd see these birds. And I'm like, okay, I'll take, I'll get out the long lens. Like, can I get out 70 to 200? And I'm like, all right, here we go. It's like being back down in Killarney again. You know, I'm like the little pipsqueak here with the squeak lens and you got the bazookas that were getting able to see things, you know? So I took some photographs and I got some shots and I was like, okay. And I had to kind of zoom in to be able to see the bird. And I'm like, all right, okay. And I eventually I said, you know what, that money that I've been putting away, all right, it's time. So I said, I went off and I uh, bought uh, 150 to 600. I went for the contemporary. Yeah, I didn't go baby. for the sport, but I bought that the one. contemporary, yeah. 
Fair so, play. I'm so proud of you. So I have so my, did I, have I my influence own you to buy that? Yes, you did. You, Kieran, <laughs> you, Kieran O'Mahony, Paul Madigan, Thomas Healy. Do you know what I mean? Everybody had the bazooka by club like so I kind of figured out you know what I might as well join it but not for the the stag but guess what I do have it now for when it, hopefully if we can get down around then we probably will be by then it's uh, but to get back down yeah. for the rut this year I'll have my lens now um, and I'll know how to use it as well so yeah like, be careful because you know getting outside your comfort zone can cost you money uh, and it's yeah. important I suppose you know to be remembered that and if somebody else has a lens that you want to be able to use because macro photography is an example where you want to get outside your comfort zone I do not own a dedicated macro lens but I said okay I'm not going to go off and buy a macro lens because the chances are I probably won't use it as much as I want to use it and I'll get over this fad that I'm stuck in at home right now and soon able to go back out I said okay I won't use that but the 150 to 600 I will so I can use that from when I'm at home but now I can also take it from a wildlife point of view and I think it's something that I might enjoy although it is quite frustrating um you know you can I see it in my house anyway I'm in the kitchen and looking out and I'm going oh yeah there's the birds okay yeah I'm going to get the lens and by the time I come out they're gone and of course, if I go out the, in the garden and I kind of wait, they're going to see me waiting, so they're not going to come back. And I say, okay, where will I go? Where will I hide? So I go into the conservatory so I can look out. So they're still looking at me through the glass, so they still know that I'm not there. And it's like the Kit Kat ad, you know, the one years ago where your man yeah, just turns around. Yeah. yeah. And I just go yeah. back in and then bang, out come the birds. But you know what? It's definitely fun and it's definitely something which you know, I'm happy to have spent because I don't really spend money um, that often on my gear. So yeah, it does cost you money, yeah. but it can actually. Uh, improve you and it definitely has improved me so my final question I suppose about getting outside your comfort zone mm-hmm. can it create something new for you so can it create a new niche for you that you might turn around and go I never even thought I was good at this I never thought I'd enjoy that just like your example you know you're saying you want to get into the water okay you said you wanted to be an underwater photographer but now you might get into this and you might go my god Jesus, this is so much easier. I don't have to get my air. I don't have to get suited up and everything. I just go straight out into the water. You know, I my, my I have my my housing. It's working perfectly fine. I whatever I have to do to modify it so I can go into the. Do you know what? Mm. More fun, more energy. You know, there's way I love the feeling of the waves. And you know what? I almost got a guy last week going down a tube, and I'm going to get it next week. Like it, it might yeah. it might end up being the new thing for you, just by purely getting outside the comfort zone. I think you're right. I genuinely think you're right because, and what I, I can double up with this with my scuba diving because, like, if you look at the pros and cons of getting into surf photography, look, it's it, it's cold. <laughs> it's going to be cold. But I'm used to the cold being in, like, I've dove in water that are three degrees Celsius, you know, where my regulator stopped working at 30 meters deep. Mm. But, like, so I have that experience under my belt. That, that doesn't bother me too much. Uh, what's another con? Like, you could drown. But you gotta accept those things before, before you get in the water, you know. But is it a con? I well, I suppose if you die, that is a con. <laughs> but like a small one, Nick. Yeah, yeah. You have to travel far away, but I can double that up with my scuba diving. So if I go to Baltard Bay to do some uh, surf photography with Ollie O'Flaherty before I'm supposed to meet my scuba diving buddies at the Blue Pool, which is literally, literally a stone throw away mm-hmm. from Baltard Bay. So I can do my surf photography for two or three hours. And then once we finish that up, climb up the cliff or the hill. Uh, I'm with my scuba gear. Don't even change my fucking dry suit or wetsuit, whatever. Just get straight back into the water and go for my dive for an hour and 
that can be my relaxation thing because when you scuba dive, it's so it it's no one can ring you. It 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 it's relaxing. Yeah. And I enjoy it, even though you're putting your body under a bit of stress because <laughs> you're not supposed to be down there, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Mm-hmm. You know? So your body isn't trying to adapt to somewhere where you're not supposed to be. But going back to the surf photography, like the, the, con- the pros of it would be like you can meet new people. Yes. It's always fun to meet new people. I love hanging out with new people. And like even if you go to Italy, we got to hang out with Paddy Murta. I, I fell in love with the dude. I thought he was great crack, really enjoyed his company, and they were new people. Then you had Aoife, you had Hazel, all new people. And there was so much fun to be around. But then you're networking and building relationships at the same time. So let's say Ollie O'Flaherty is in love with the photographs that I take of him in the water. That dude is world-renowned in the surf industry. Well, if he gets my pictures in magazines, mm-hmm. and then magazines are looking for shots from Dermot O'Donovan from now on, oh, let's go to Dermot O'Donovan and see what we can get from him at the Aliens Wave at Cliffs of Moher, then, I can, then they might start paying me. That's networking. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a pro from something that I went into just for fun, and then that could come of it. Whether it happens or not, probably not, but it's a bonus. Absolutely, it is. And you know what? There's always going to be another door potentially open with a different skill. And that's what, that's what I really like about getting outside your comfort zone because, you know, I now can take photographs of people. I can. Okay, it may not be very good ones, but I can. I've got all the gear. You know, I like them. I, I can, I know how to use it now. I mean, I'm not exactly 100% proficient at flash, but I get by. So then I might say, okay, hang on, flash. Maybe I should use flash photography more. Maybe I should try and do linking of different flashes. Where could I get a few flashes? Oh, hang on, Dermot, he's got about 400 of them there on his flash shelf. <laughs> you know, so I can... Let's count I, them. I can borrow. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six. Plus, six. plus and John the super Myler. duper one. Huh? The one John Myler has as well. No, I got that back. Oh, you got it back. Okay. And then I have the super duper one, so that's seven. Seven. And one continuous. Yeah, so Eight. yeah, exactly. So I, I, I've got plenty I can borrow to master flash, but that's a, that's a whole different topic as well. I think that you know I'd love to be able to kind of even discuss at length the advantages of using the flash and the different scenarios you can use the flash as well, because that's something I'd like to get better at. You know. Okay, that's uh, that's cool to hear. So what I'm going to do is the next wedding that I have down in Cork, I'm going to bring you all day long. No, see you're how not. You like it. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> I would not do anything got to do with wedding photography. No. <laughs> Talking about stressing the body, try to do that from eight o'clock in the morning till half eleven at night. Ah, it's a tough gig, man. It is absolutely it is, and so, you know what? Uh, you have to have a certain demeanour to be able to do it. And I do have that. I do like people, but I also don't <laughs> like the fact of having the pressure. Let's just say to enable me, or that I have to perform on that day to get every single key moment right because yeah. you get one shot at getting that shot. Yeah. And I would not be able to, you know, be comfortable with the fact of saying, hang on, there's a chance here I may not. No, you know, the more you do it, the better you become. You know I mean? Like you put me onto the landscape, I'm able to get a photograph for you regardless of the conditions. So I've done it enough to learn. I know I can do more, let's just say, if I learn more. And that's why I want to learn more about the flash because I think there'll be a number of times over the years, like when the kids are growing up, that I'd like to be able to use the flash to do something different and do something creative. And no, even what Adrian O'Neill is doing there with the flash in the rain. I love that whole idea. Yeah. I, you know, I'd love to be able to understand yeah. that more. So that's one that's definitely for me from a getting outside the comfort zone. Now, whether or not it opens anything up and I can become the master of flash, I don't think so. But, you know, 
it's definitely something that I'd like to step further outside my comfort zone in here for. Cool, man. I've enjoyed this now. It was a good crack. Yeah, good. So, yeah, that means that we're up. We're done. Dermot's enjoyed it. He's spent, you know, so he just wants to roll over now and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have another can and then I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, listen, uh, yeah. Dermot, I enjoyed the chat as well. And, you know, for thanks for everybody, I suppose, for listening in. As we said earlier, you know, we'd love for you to jump over onto the Facebook group, join the conversation, just name one of the hosts. And, uh, yeah, we'll continue and chat over there. So, for me, in the Cork HQ, thanks very much and slong fun. This episode is not sponsored by Monster Energy. Hey, Hey, guys, if you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week. And remember, keep shooting.